Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Todd Coconato Show on this 12-1, December 1st, 2021 edition. The nation's future literally hangs in the balance right now at the Supreme Court of the United States of America. We're going to break this all down today. National Day of Repentance. Buckle up. I am back, I am recharged, and I'm ready to fight. The month of December is going to be a critical, crucial, and important month. And we are so glad that you've tuned into the broadcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Todd Cognato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. I want to welcome The Remnant Warriors. Welcome, Gideon's 300. Thank you so much for tuning in to this critical broadcast today. I will tell you, it's many, many years in the making. Uh, I can remember praying with Lou Angle and Pastor Nets Gomez and my parents and so many different people about the ending of the murder of the innocent, and that's where we're at right now. 20 years ago, we sat at the, it was actually 21 years ago, at the Call DC, and we started praying and interceding, and I believe it even started before that, uh, but people were praying for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And uh, there's so many different people, I can't, can't even possibly name all the names of amazing people of God that have stood in the gap and standed for life, and stood for life, excuse me, uh, for this nation to, to stop killing our babies. What, a, what a, a disgusting thing to think about, that this nation has been murdering our babies, the most innocent life form that we have, the most precious commodity, if you will, uh, our offspring. And yet, just like uh, they they sacrificed to Molech, just like they sacrificed to Baal, the, our babies have been sacrificed. And in, in, in New York City, more babies have been killed each year than born in the African-American community. That means more African-American babies have been murdered than born in Manhattan for year after year after year. Margaret Sanger, she was the founder of Planned Parenthood. We know that she was a eugenist. And uh, she, she was racist. And uh, this whole thing, if you look at where the Planned Parenthoods are, they're on the corners of every uh, minority community uh, in our nation, uh, strategically placed, selling you know baby parts. They don't want you to know about that stuff. When, they, when people expose it, the, the government goes after them. Uh, this is absolute debauchery. It's absolute moral insanity. And yet this is what's been going on. And people say, well, Todd, so what happens? And they're going to go underground again. Let it be. You know what? There's going to be a mass reduction in the killing of the innocent if the federal government doesn't not only, by the way, here in the United States, do they enforce this absolutely draconian, disgusting, uh, totally morally bankrupt law that that these justices uh, originally had approved in Roe v. Wade. But we also send this around the world and we urge other countries to kill their unborn. And, and how do we expect God to bless America, when we are literally exporting filth and debauchery and moral insanity and, and, and death of the innocent, it's absolutely insane. And of course, God is not going to bless that. But there is a remnant, a righteous remnant that is willing to stand. I wish there would be more remnant people. I wish we wouldn't have to be a remnant. I wish it would be the majority. I do believe that there's a silent majority that's starting to wake up more and more. Thank God. And we're seeing this across the nation, and this is the period that we're in. So God has given us more time, more time to get this right because he's a merciful God. He's a loving God, and he's, he's giving us more time, and he's, and he's waiting upon the church, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, to stand up, to rise up, and to say no more to this insanity. No more to the murdering of our innocent babies. And I know it's a subject matter that a lot of people don't want to hear about because it's so gross and it's so sad and it's and we just would rather ignore it. And I know many pulpits in America don't even speak about it. And I know that because there's churches I've been to that say literally do not talk about abortion. They say, Pastor Todd, you can speak here, but don't talk about marriage and don't talk about abortion. And it's that reason that America is in the situation that we're in today. It's that reason that, that we are in this very, very, very uh, critical, crucial, and important juncture in our history where now it's, it, the, it hangs in the balance here at the Supreme Court. And I really believe, and I know people don't want to hear this, 
But I really believe, my friends, that this is this is what I put up today. It's a post. Okay, I'm going to read it. It says, the nation's future hangs in the balance. Please be praying. We need all hands on deck. That means every Christian in America, every patriot in America, every person that loves this country, every God-fearing individual, we need all hands on deck. Oral arguments are happening right now at the Supreme Court of the United States. Here's the deal. If the high court chooses life and overturns Roe v. Wade, I believe, and I really do believe this, we will see a sudden shift and a change of course. I believe it will be a major determining factor of a full restoration and a sign of breakthrough. You say a full restoration? Yes. Yes, if we stop murdering the innocent, can you imagine what that would mean for our country? The Lord is a good father. He wants to bless America. He wants to bless this nation. But he, you know, we can't be blessed. A good father is not going to bless a rebellious child. A good father is not going to, you know, bless. A, a, just think about this. If your daughter or your son was out there doing drugs, partying, you know, being a really bad child, are you going to go and say, you know what? Just because you've been so bad, I'm going to give you a brand new car. I'm going to bless you. No, you'd say this. I mean, any any parent with a with with a brain that actually cares and wants to give them good signals and as far as blessing them for good behavior, you know, they would say this. They would say, if you stop doing drugs, if you stop partying, if you get serious about your grades, you know, and and I start seeing a major improvement, I'll get you a new car. Uh, but if not, I'm I'm sorry, I can't get you that. How can I bless you? You're in you're in rebellion. You know, that would be sending you the wrong signal. I would be I would be a bad parent. Well, God's a good father and he wants to bless America. And I believe he hears the prayers of the righteous and he, you know, he's responding to the prayers of the righteous. And that's why we're in this situation right now. Amazing that December 1st, 2021, we are in a situation today where it's the National Day of Repentance. I mean, think think about that. The National Day of Repentance. Thank you, Jesus. You know, those of you that were on uh, last night's Zoom call, by the way, thank you to those that joined the Remnant Town Hall meeting. We love the Zoom calls. I love to hear from the Remnant Warriors what's going on in your life, and your situation. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful for you. You are the reason why we're still here. I really believe that because God wants this nation to be a Nineveh, not a Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, when we stood on the, on the lawn of D.C., during the return where thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands of Christians gathered and also tuned in around the world in the tune of millions and, and called upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there were many amazing remnant people that were literally on their faces blowing the shofars and on their faces weeping and calling upon the name of the Lord, repenting, repenting for the sin and the transgressions of America. And the killing of the innocent. So this has been going on for over 20 years. Over 20 years where people have been crying out. The Bible says even the rocks will cry out. Innocent life. Think about that beautiful little baby. Have you seen some of those movies that came out in the last few years in the Christian community about uh, you know abortion? Some of them were just powerful. Let me tell you. They were powerful. And, and, and people, sometimes they, you know, they think about abortion. They don't think about what actually is happening. They don't think about, you know, they'd rather not think about it, you know, but if you ever watch one of those videos, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, where you see the baby be, you know, you, they go after this baby with these like metal, oh, it's so awful, or like a vacuum. And then and all of a sudden this, this life form is just sucked into a vacuum and there's blood and guts. I don't want to get too gory because I know some of y'all turn, will tune out, but here's the thing. This is what we're fighting for. And I can't tell you how many times over the years when I've met pastors, influential people, people that have literally made a difference in this world that say, I was going to be aborted, but last minute, my, my mother decided not to. And because of that, I'm here today. I mean, powerful people that have these testimonies that you're just like, oh my, could you imagine if that guy wasn't here? Like if that person wasn't here, that woman wasn't here, you know? But God, God had a different plan. He, he saved their life. And, and he worked on the hearts of the mother. And, and you know what? It worked out. See, people, they try to convince people that like, oh, you know, you don't, you don't have enough money. You're not going to be able to take care of this child. Well, you know how many families, first of all, uh, that would love to adopt a child that are they're trying so hard they can't have kids? 
and they're trying so hard and we need to reproduce. The Bible says be fruitful and multiply. This thing's been going on for so long, ladies and gentlemen, so long. And so, you know, if we choose life and overturn Roe v. Wade, I believe we're going to see a sudden shift and a change of course. And I believe a major determining factor of a full restoration and a sign of breakthrough in this battle of light versus darkness that we're in. See, we're in a battle of light versus darkness. It's clear as day, this whole thing. If you look at Joe Biden's bus during the 2020 campaign, it literally says a battle for the soul of the nation. No joke. Look it up. A battle for the soul of the nation. And these people that want to murder our babies, they want to tell us that marriage is anything you want it to be. It's not between a man and a woman. It's between whatever you want it to be. I mean, at some point, it's a slippery slope. People are going to start marrying their dogs. They're going to start marrying robots. What, you think that's crazy? No, that's going to happen. People are going to start marrying robots soon here. And this whole transhumanism agenda, you know, where they're trying to merge man with machine. I mean, think about how dangerous that is. And that's what some of these people are trying to do. They're working on this right now. They're working on nanobots that are these little bots that they, they shoot in you in a syringe. And it messes with the, the creation that, that God did with our DNA. It messes with your DNA. And this whole thing we've been talking about, the mRNA vaccine, it's not really a vaccine. The doctors say it's not a, the, the creator of the mRNA says it's not a vaccine. But they, they've redefined the name vaccine. They've redefined what it means, just like they've redefined what marriage is. And that's such a slippery slope. And now, now they're trying to say, oh, well, pedophilia, you know, that's just another one. Like, we'll add it with the, the LGBTQ. We call it the alphabet mafia. You know, the LGBTQ will just add another, you know, pedophilia in there. Why not? Why not? I mean, you know. And so that, you know, you don't think that the, the next thing that they're going to do, <laughs> come on, you don't think the next thing they're going to do is start marrying robots and all this stuff? Come on. And, and, and animals, it, it's, it's, it's perverse, it's grotesque. And the Bible says that in the end times, in the last days, it will be like the days of Noah, the days of Noah. And so we are uh, witnessing something right now that is so intense and uh, this is a battle, and I really believe, if you guys remember the whole thing with Gorsuch and with Kavanaugh and with um, Amy Coney Barrett, you know, the main thing that the Democrats were so worried about was about this. This was like the whole battle with Kavanaugh and all the ac- accusations and all the smearing. Remember all the smear? Remember that woman? I don't even remember her name. But she got up there on that stand and just accusated. It all turned out to be fake. It <laughs> Just like all these other things that they do. I mean, do you imagine that woman that came out and tried to destroy Kavanaugh? Do you remember how brutal that was? That That's all, it all comes down to this. And justices on the Supreme Court, you better stand your ground. You better stand your ground and you better stand for life. Because our founders believed in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These were God-given rights, unalienable rights, given to us by our creator, not by government. Life, 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 liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That means a baby has the right to be born. If you were man enough to get somebody pregnant, then you're man enough to be a father. If you were woman enough to allow that that contraception, that situation to happen, you know, where 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 there was a you know a, a baby was created. You ever see that where like there's like the, a light that happens when when the sperm meets the egg. There's it's, it's like Right there, boom, creation, you know? I mean, boom, it, it's amazing, you know? And then they fought for all the, you know, they have, they have condoms, they have, you know, I don't want to talk about all this stuff, but they have, you know, all these different things, like I said, contraception and different things that they, that they offer that you can do before there's actually a life created. There's so many different things. First of all, the Bible says, I mean, if we just follow the Bible, even in the church, the Bible says not to have sex before marriage. Now, if we, if, we, if we taught that and we didn't think that was taboo or something crazy, instead of teaching pornography to the young people, because that's what they're literally doing right now, I mean, telling them about sexual acts like when they're in grade school, you know, instead of doing that, imagine if we, you know, the churches stepped up, the pastors stepped up, and imagine if we said, you know what, the Bible actually said, God gives us the best, I mean, talk about diseases would go away. Uh, you know, the pregnancies would go away and, and the need for abortion would go away because we'd be following what the word of God intends. And that that way, when when people do get married, there's something special. Now, I know I know I'm preaching in the choir, but I also know, you know, many of us have failed in this area. 
And, you know, I get it. Like, it's a very difficult thing to do when you're young and you got a boyfriend or you got a girlfriend. It's very hard. And I know that this is a common area where people fall, even Christians. And so I'm not judging you. Listen, I'm not perfect. I'll tell you that right now. And I've told I've told everybody that. Like, anybody that thinks Pastor Todd is perfect, I am not perfect. <laughs> so I, I'm the last one to try to throw a stone at you. I'm not trying to point out the speck in your eye when I have a plank in my own. I'm not, okay? We're in this together. I know it's hard. But I'm just saying, if we taught that, and if we tried, you know, if, if more mentors in my life when I was younger would have told me this and, and would have really been um, strong on it, you know, I think there was like maybe one that I can remember that would sit down and have coffee with me. But not a lot of people, even in the church, taught me this. I'm just going to be real. You know, when I started going to church, I didn't even know it was wrong to be having sex with, you know, my girlfriend until like, you know, a while in. And then people started getting, I said, oh, I didn't know that, you know. So I'm sure a lot of people are in that same situation. But imagine if, if people were really strong on this subject matter and say, yeah, this is what the Bible says. Like, don't have fornication. You know what I'm saying? And, and we taught this. And we, and we stood by it. Now, again, I know there's going to be people, there's going to be people that fail and we're not going to attack them. We're not going to go after them. We're not going to, you know, condemn them and judge them. We're going to bring them to restoration. But it, if you follow the principles of God, what I'm saying is you're going to be blessed. And many marriages have many issues because they didn't do that. And so there was a, there was a break in the, in the initial stages of the relationship. And we find that in Christian counseling, you know, many times uh, people have a hard time trusting their spouse because they were willing to compromise before marriage. And so we have to walk through healing and deliverance and it's possible and it happens all the time. And God is a good God and he's a God of mercy. But I'm just saying back to like, think of how many things that people could do before they get to the point where they create the life. I mean, you know, they could wear a condom, they could not have sex. I mean, there's so many different things that they can do you know, as a responsible human being, but see, people are under the influence of drugs and alcohol and, you know, just living in such a broken state in this hour because we've taken God out of everything, prayer out of the schools, God out of almost everything. And for years, these these television shows that are just so, they're borderline pornography, young people watch them. I mean, even when the Disney stars, think about Miley Cyrus, you know, and, and some of these other Disney stars that that just come up and, and, you know, they, they turn into like these, these sexual, I mean, you know, you go from Hannah Montana to, to literally like, you know, the most grotesque sexual, I mean, it's, you know, so they're watching their little, you know, these little kids that grew up with Miley Cyrus, and I'm just using her as an example, but I can do this with almost every Disney star, you know, they watch them and that's like they're, you know, they, they watch Miley Cyrus for years. They watch Britney Spears for years. They watch, you know, Selena Gomez for years. And all of a sudden they turn into like this very sexualized individual. And, and so the young people are just like, okay, well, I guess that's how I have to be because, you know, they idolize them because they might, they've made idols of man and celebrity because they've been grown up. They've literally been raised on this. I mean, you know, parents, they hand their kids and, and we're all guilty of this. I do it, but you know, you hand your kid the iPad or you hand the kid the phone and, and they get on YouTube and you know, you can't monitor everything they're watching because you're busy. That's why you gave them. The, so they, they're not fussing, you know? And then all of a sudden they're watching these little, they, they grow up. This is like a, an element now of how they grow up. It's crazy. And so think about it. And then they see their little favorite star and all of a sudden their little favorite star is doing some sexual thing. And they're like, oh, that's like, that's cool. That's what I need to do. I'm going to get back into this when we, when we get back from the break, because this is, this is really important conversation. I think we need to have this. So we're going to continue to pray and intercede. Roe v. Wade is overturned in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hear our prayers, O Lord. We're fasting today and believing for a breakthrough. And, and we'll get into that when we get back. This is the Todd Coconato Show. I'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Todd. I want to thank you so much for tuning in the broadcast today. So we just had Giving Tuesday, and we are getting ready to do an offensive effort, I'm telling you, into 2022. We're believing that we're going into the promised land. The word of the Lord is total and complete victory. And we're believing we're going to see a really powerful year. So what I'm what I'm doing right now, we're getting together plans for this remnant community, how to take this to the next level. And uh, there's so many different things that we need to do. We need to have equipping centers. Uh, we need to help a lot of people that are in dire situations. We want to have a fund available to help some of these families and people that need food and resources because I think, you know, honestly, it's going to probably go a little bit worse before it gets better. And so we need to come together as a community. And so that's why God is building this underground railroad we call the remnant. 
and uh, you can help out by going to toddcoconato.com slash give, toddcoconato.com slash give. And I'm going to lay out this vision in the next couple of weeks here as we go into the new year, but please consider helping us. Uh, December is is the month where, you know, nonprofits are, you know, really, really, it's a critical month for us. Either we make it or we break it for the year and we get ready for what God's going to do next year. So if you're able to help, go to toddcoconato.com slash give, toddcoconato.com slash give. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. And I believe that this generation, we are chosen for a time as this. And it's no mistake that we're here in this hour. We've been having Sunday service at The Remnant. You can tune in every week where I do a, a sermon and we come together as a community. And then, uh, you know, we've been going around the country and we've been seeing the Lord's hand moving in a powerful way. We see, we believe we're on the cusp of a great awakening, a powerful end time move of God. And the Bible says the harvest is plentiful. The labors are few, but we're seeing God move in miracles, signs, and wonders all around the country. And so I just want to thank you for your prayers. I want to thank you for your support. I want to thank this community. Without you, we would not be able to do the things that we're doing. With you, we are putting up an amazing and effective offense where we are standing, we're contending, we're pushing back, and we're standing for freedom, we're standing for truth, we're standing for the Word of God. So I just want to thank you for being a part of the remnant. We bless you. We thank you. Tune in every Sunday and be a part of the remnant church where we are standing for the truth of the entirety of the Word of God, and we're not compromising. We're going to do it bold and unafraid, and we're going to occupy until he comes. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. This is the Todd Coconato Show, 12-1-2021. Thank you so much for tuning in. God is moving, whether we understand it or not. He's moving in, in many, many ways, very, very powerful ways right now. And so I just want to encourage you, for anybody that feels beat down, depressed, don't let, the, let that spirit uh, of oppression or depression come on you. The Lord is with us. He says he's with us even until the end of the age. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And so that it's so exciting to be a part of this end time move of God. And, you know, it's the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. But the Lord is moving. He's with his remnant, you know. And so we just need to continue to stand. And that's why we're contending. We're believing for life. And we're believing for an overturning of Roe v. Wade. We're believing that the Supreme Court will do the right thing. And I'm praying that they will. I want to read the uh, the second part of this. Um, here's the deal. Uh, if we choose death, I believe we're going to lose the global reserve status within a matter of years or less and continue to head into what appears to be judgment and possibly even captivity as a nation. I know that's a harsh word. People aren't going to want to hear it. You know, it's not encouraging, It's not, but this is reality because a nation can't be blessed if it murders its most precious, precious asset, its offspring. The murder of the innocent is a plague on this country. We have to reverse course. It's time to repent, to turn from our wickedness. Even the rocks cry out. So the deal is, is it, it, you know, it, it, everything's kind of in the balance. Now, look, am I going to just, you know, give up if, if we lose today? And if they don't overturn Roe v. Wade, am I just going to say, oh, you know, that's it? No. I mean, I'm going to get up tomorrow or whenever they, you know, give us the the decision. And then we're going to keep pressing ahead and we're going to continue to talk about repentance. We're going to continue to stand for the full word of God. And we're going to occupy until he comes. It's, you know, look, I mean, I know people are going to feel defeated if we lose. I'm sure I'll be pretty sad about it, too. And I know God will. Uh, and, and like I said, I mean, look, you know what? Um, we could probably lose the global reserve cur uh, status with our with our U.S. dollar within a matter of years or less. I think that's on the chopping block right now. I think it's on the table right now. I think countries are doing bilateral trade deals. They're already, you know, finding ways around the dollar. Russia is, is divulging its dollar holdings, um, you know, getting rid of its dollar holdings. And, and, and China's been doing this. And, and so we know we know it's coming. And it could it could take a few more years for the whole thing to metastasize and to turn into you know the full the full, I mean but we're in a toxic situation I mean they're just printing and printing and printing and printing and you know we see the inflation happening and people just think this is going to go away it's not going to go away this is this is a this is a defining moment in history and if you if you look at global reserve currencies um, you got to look at you know the, the the British pound sterling I mean they lost their global reserve status during the Bretton Woods agreement. 
And, and it's time that we understand how this whole thing works because people just think, you know, we, we, we shipped out our manufacturing capacity to China and to all these other countries, Malaysia, Indonesia, you know, all these other countries are now producing. And so the problem is, you know, we print money and we send it out and they give us goods back. It's a great deal. You know, and we fund all these uh, insane things. We put sanctions on countries like Iran and Russia. You know, we have a great ability with the global reserve currency, with the U.S. dollar. And most people don't even understand what that means. But if you read about it and you understand what exactly the global reserve currency is and the fact that the U.S. dollar has had this since Bretton Woods and the fact that this is in the balance, what I'm saying is not conspiracy or crazy, ladies and gentlemen. We have been a blessed nation because this nation was founded on the principles of the word of God. It, and I don't care what they tell you. That's the truth. And they'll say, oh, they were all Masons or they're all, I get it. Look, I get, I understand there's definitely um, an element of that. And, and I understand the Masons, and trust me, I know the whole thing. But the nation itself was founded on the principles of the Word of God. I mean, just look at the Aiken Bible, the first Bible approved by the U.S. Congress. I mean, they used to pray openly in the Congress and, and read Scripture and talk about their faith. You know, pastors got involved. I mean, it, it was, there was no separation of church and state. No one was talking about that. That was the letter to the Danbury Baptist Church from Thomas Jefferson saying that they were going to stay out of the church's business. Not that the church needed to stay out of government. You know, in Hollywood, there was a time, this is the truth. I mean, Hollywood started the Hollywood Ranch, but I mean, there was a time when literally in Hollywood, they would have to go through these boards that were, had a lot of faith people and a lot of, a lot of people that were, you know, moral, um, you know, people that cared about morality. And they would say, is this movie, you know, and that's why Hollywood for years produced pretty good movies. I mean, it wasn't like everything was a pornography. I mean, you know, now it's like you watch Netflix. It's like almost everything is demonic. Almost everything has a demonic message. And it's pretty crazy. I mean, you know, and, and young people are watching this stuff. And, and, you know, now you have smart devices. They can go in their room at night, close the door. They can look at pornography. They can look at whatever they want. And this is what we've been living in for how many years now? And it's just gotten worse and worse. And we've seen the moral decay. And we've seen... You know, the, the destruction of the family unit. I mean, just the, the attempted destruction. You know, they, they, they're teaching all these things in schools, critical race theory. You know, they're teaching all these anti-God things. God has been taken out of schools. We can't go on like this. And, you know, somebody needs to sound the alarm because people just don't want to talk about it. Because if you talk about it, it's uncomfortable. And if you talk about it, people are going to be like, yeah, well, you know. I mean, that's what I get. I mean, I, you know, it kind of blows my mind. It's like the things that I'm standing for are not that crazy. I know that the media wants to make it like I'm so crazy. What is so crazy? Standing for life so that a baby is not sucked up by a vacuum? That's crazy? <laughs> I mean, what is crazy? Defending a, a marriage is between a man and a woman? Well, isn't that what marriage is? Isn't that what God created? He said, go, you know, be fruitful and multiply. How is that crazy? And, and I'm not one of these crazy people that like, you know, is, is, is a Pharisee or is, is, you know, judges you if you've had a divorce or if you've had an abortion. I don't care about that. Look, repent. That's it. I had to repent of a bunch of stuff. I still have to repent. I live a lifestyle of repentance. So I'm not against you or, you know, I hang with a bunch of people that are just like that. Those are my best friends. I'm so sick and tired of, of the way that the church thinks that they're so holier than now. You know, they don't have any sinners. Well, he who is without sin, throw the first stone. You know, so not that, that's not who I am at all. If you're gay or whatever, I look, come to my church. Come to my church, but I'm not going to change the message of the gospel. I'm going to preach what the gospel says. I'm the messenger. I didn't write it. <laughs> I'm just the messenger. But I took an oath to God when I went in the presence of the Lord, when I was stabbed nine times, and I said, Lord, yes, I'll, I'll go. Send me, I'll go. I'll be your guy. I'll tell people. And that's all I'm doing. And so people hate me and they write smear pieces and they say I'm radical and all these things. But how is any of that stuff radical? If you really think about who the real conspiracy people are, then I'm, then I'm just saying, hey, you know what? It might not be wise to take a experimental shot that, you know, we haven't really seen what happens, you know, to people over the long term. You know, I, my grandma died of Guillain-Barre. I'm just saying, you know, we've seen with Agent Orange, we've seen with Gulf War Syndrome. There's definitely a history of some issues. So maybe we should just be a little bit wise. Oh, conspiracy theorists, anti-vaxxer, Todd Coconut. No. See, they're the ones that make it crazy. They're the ones that are really the conspiracy theorists. If you think about it, 
and they use disinformation and misinformation. They attack you left and right like you're crazy. And then these little sheeple people believe it. Oh, yeah, maybe he is crazy. Maybe we shouldn't listen to him. Let's cancel his speaking engagement. Why? Because I stood for a baby's life? Because I said we need to be a little bit cautious about, about a vaccine that we don't really know? I'm not, I'm not out here like some of these people making all kinds of statements and you know really getting into real conspiracy. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, hey, let's be wise. And this isn't even about me defending myself. I'm just saying, we've got to start looking at this whole thing and saying, who are the real culprits here? Who are the ones that are fighting? Who are the people in Congress, these people that are literally, there's an invasion at our southern border, and they're saying, oh, there's no problem whatsoever. You know, these are the conspiracy theorists, the people that listen to Rachel Maddow. And you think Rachel Maddow is telling you the truth. Give me a break. Or you listen to CNN. And I'm so thankful for the alternative media, but you better believe they're trying to shut us down. And that's why we need help, you know, because we have to have all different, there's all different types of things. Somebody like myself, I can't just go on the air and say the things that I say and everything's all good. I wish that was the case, but we have to invest in security. We have to invest in all kinds of different things because we're under attack. I mean, I I could tell you some of the stories that are going on, pastors, homes being attacked. I'm talking about the outspoken pastors. People come to their homes. Oh yeah, I know this personally. They dox you. You know, they try to come after you with the federal government. With, I mean, there's all different types of stuff just because you dare to question the narrative. And so I understand many of you, listen, you're amazing people. I love you so much. I appreciate you. I'm not even, listen, I'm, I'm so thankful for you because without you, we wouldn't be able to do this, okay? And you're amazing. This is the most amazing group of people I've ever met in my life. I mean that. And I had a church for 17 years, but I'm telling you. This remnant community is amazing, but here's the thing, okay? If you're not able to be on the front lines with us, I understand that because some of you got situations where you're just not able to do it. You may you may be retired, you may be you know have a job where if you say certain things, they're going to fire you, and so and so that's why people like us are here. So thank you for supporting us so that we can be those people. And again, I'm not bragging. I'm not trying to say that I'm better than anybody because I'm definitely not. But you know, I'm just trying to answer the call. But this, this, this standing for life thing, I'm telling you, this is it, guys. If we win this one today, and we're going to believe and, and, and say that we do. But if we don't, we keep fighting. But if we do, uh, it's, it's going to be a big, a big victory, I'm telling you guys. So for the, for the, the commercial breaks, uh, we got to take um, every 15 minutes. So it is 12-1-2022. 2022. Sorry, 2021. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. It's about to be 2022. And uh, this is the Todd Coconato Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Well, Christmas is upon us, and um, I can't think of a better gift, especially for a prepper, than uh, some food from My Patriot Supply. And you can go to Remnant Food, remnantfood.com, remnantfood.com. And you'll be redirected to My Patriot Supply. But this is our page for My Patriot Supply. So you got to go to remnantfood.com. And um, you get storable food. You get a discount. And it helps support the program. And I'll tell you, if somebody gave me storable food for Christmas, I'd be very happy. <laughs> because we'd like to have as much stockpiled as possible in the times that we're in. It's just wisdom. You know, it's just wisdom. So uh, it's a great gift. And you can go to My, pa- uh, My Patriot Supply. But do it through remnantfood.com. Do it through remnantfood.com. You help support the broadcast. You help support a Patriot company. And you also get a great product. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're in the second half of the broadcast. Second half of the Todd Coconato Show on this 12-1 December 1 edition of the broadcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we are in the fight of our lives here right now for our nation, for our future, for standing for righteousness, for standing for truth, for standing for the entirety of the word of God. Thank you, Jesus, for pastors, preachers, people of God that are willing to stand in this hour. And uh, I want to go through a couple of scriptures. I know some of you guys are down right now. And uh, I, I get the messages every day of people that are down. And I don't want you to be down. And you don't have to be down. Because even even in the middle of all this stuff, you don't have to be down, friends, because we have the victory. We have the victory in the name of Jesus Christ. And um, so, you know, some of you are dealing with anxiety. Um, so I, I just want to kind of read a couple of scriptures here. You know, John 16, 33, it says, in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. 
So look, if you're going through an issue at your job right now, you know, God said, look, you know what? I, I've overcome that. I've overcome the world. If you're having a problem with your family, many people are having problems with families. Families are fighting. They're, you know, it's like all this crazy fighting, infighting, infighting in the Christian community. Let's talk about that. They call it friendly fire. Is it really friendly? No. I mean, these people are attacking you and it's not friendly, but you know what? It hurts the most when it comes from somebody that you love. And so what do we do? We pray for that person. We pray that they would have an encounter with the living God, the Holy Spirit. Even if they're a Christian, there'd be conviction on their heart that they'd realize, hey, do I really need to be in contention with this brother? Do I need to be in contention with this sister? You know, a lot of times when people make these attacks, they know they're attacking a person of God. I had somebody recently, you know, in the Christian community say some really mean, nasty stuff to me. And they, they, they actually were trying to take me down. And I thought, how can this person be in the ministry? You know, I just, it was, it was crazy. And then I tried to bring an outside accountability. They wouldn't talk to anybody. They wouldn't let me talk to any of their, you know, they supposedly had this one mentor, but they wouldn't let me talk to the mentor. You know, it's crazy. What, what in the world? So it's like, there's no way to resolve the situation. I'm like a totally transparent, accountable guy. I mean, literally, I'm not saying that to brag, but I've learned I have to be. And so I'm sitting here. I'm like, please, let's please go to an elder. Let's talk about it. If I'm wrong, I will repent about it all, you know, and, and, and yet they wouldn't let me do that. So. I don't know, there's, there's friendly fire, there's, there's family members turning on family members, and Jesus said this would happen. Because, yes, you know, the, the Bible does bring division to some extent. You know, it'll, it'll divide you if somebody's in the world and they're in sin and they're, and they're literally, their father is the devil, they're, they're in the devil's grasp and they're being influenced by the demonic. And so, yeah, they're, they're going to divide from you because they're going to completely disagree. It's going to look like foolishness to them because... The wisdom of the Bible is like foolishness to those in the world. So they're, they're not going to get it. But, but when it's a Christian, though, that comes against you, that, then it gets more confusing because it's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be following the same God, the same Holy Spirit. So if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, how are you possibly attacking me? And there should be always a way to resolve that. But if you don't have the outside accountability, then you can't. But here's the thing. Back to John 16, 33. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart because I've overcome the world. You know, in Isaiah 41, 10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your righteous right hand. Thank you, Father God. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, you know, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. The, the attack is on our minds, torment, depression, oppression. Those are spirits trying to, trying to take us down so that we cannot be effective. And, and the Bible is clear. It says, don't grow weary in doing good. Why? Because it knew that we'd be going through challenges and tribulation. That's why God says, but look, I've overcome the world. You're in it, but you're not of it. This situation with your family, this situation with your job, I've overcome it. He says, you're mine. You're a child of the most high. You're mine. I've called you by name. You're not going to fail. I want you to understand this today because once you get this concept, listen, you know, one of my friends that's a prophet, and he's a real prophet too, you know, he, he's, he declares things and decrees things. And when he speaks something, sometimes it's completely opposite of what's going on. And I always think and marvel like, wow, he's, he's literally saying completely opposite what's going on. But what he's taught me is, is that the prophets are to speak life. And that's why a real prophet is doing that. And, and sometimes it's going to be the most difficult, you know, thing to prophesy. Like, really? Like, you, you know, and... And again, I mean, of course, obviously, if somebody's wrong, they're, they're wrong. You know, we need to call that out, too. I mean, listen, the office of a prophet is a very difficult position to be in. I don't claim to be a prophet. I'll be honest with you. I don't claim that. I'm a pastor. I'm an evangelist. I'm a teacher. I'm not a prophet. Uh, but I do get prophetic words from time to time. But I don't go around calling myself Prophet Todd. I just don't do that. People, some people call me that sometimes. I don't, I don't proclaim to be that. I'm kind of like, you know, Mario Murillo in that way. Like, he doesn't really claim to either, you know. But, but I do believe in the gift of the, the, the prophet. You know, I believe in the prophetic mantle. I believe there are real, legit prophets. I do trust real, legit prophets. I don't trust a lot of people that say they're prophets because they've been wrong time and time again. And I think the Lord has shown us they're not a prophet. 
Uh, but, but, you know, that's why we test the spirits. That's why we walk into sermon. But, but, you know, I just thought it was interesting. And I'm still kind of chewing on this because it's kind of a new concept. Even though I went to Bible school and seminary and I've been preaching for 20 years, you know, but this is a little bit newer concept where the, the, the guy's saying he's prophesying, literally, you know, speaking life, which the Bible says life and death's in the power of the tongue. So I get it, like, you know, prophesying something. But I think, I think there's, I don't know, is, is it different between, you know, declaring and decreeing? Maybe that's what it is. Is it, is it prophesying? to me is something the Lord gives you, you know, the Lord said to say this, it's not something that you say. So I don't know. I'm still kind of marinating on what that man said to me, but I think it's um an interesting concept. And I definitely agree with speaking life. I definitely agree with speaking life. Like, you know, declaring, decreeing like today, for instance, the, the, the situation that's going on in the courts, you know, like if we declare, if we speak life, like we're going to have a victory in Jesus name. You know, we believe God is going to move today on the hearts of the justices, to me, that's speaking life. That's declaring, that's decreeing. In Jesus' name, we're going to see a victory. Now, if it doesn't happen, we didn't prophesy that was going to happen. Like, we didn't say the courts are going to adjudicate for life. Like, you know, if a, if a prophet comes out and gives that pr- prophetic, you know, word, and then it doesn't happen, it's like, okay, well, what just happened? Like, you prophesied that was going to happen, it didn't happen. So, I think we need to be careful. So, I'm kind of marinating on the whole thing. I'm just, I'm kind of speaking this out and, and having this dialogue with you and thinking about it as I talk. Uh, but it was a new concept for me, but I really trust this prophet. I think he's a good, I think he's a good man. And so I have to really think about what he said, but he said, you know, sometimes we prophesy something in order for it to happen. And I'm like, wow, that's an interesting concept. So I don't know. Let's marinate on. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Write me Todd.coconado, Todd.coconado at rlcus.org. I know there's some Bible scholars on here. I know there's some theologians. And uh, some people that are not real theologians, but say they are, uh, but there are some real ones and people that really love to study the word of God. And so I'd be interested to know what you think. Like, so if, if in other words, if somebody prophesies America is going to return, you know, we're going to be a Nineveh instead of a Sodom and Gomorrah and they're prophesying that, are they simply speaking life or is, is, is a prophet's words? And I know there's biblical context for this and that's why I'm asking. You know, if you if a prophet's words, if the prophet's saying yes, America's going to repent, America's going to turn, and then they're they're prophesying that, and then it doesn't happen. So what it, what you know what does that mean? Does that mean they're a false prophet, or does that mean the people just didn't you know accept the the perfect will of God, and and so because of our disobedience, we went the other direction, which that could be the case. Uh, so interesting. I'd like to hear the uh, the the people out there that would have something to say about that, and, and think what you what you have to say about that because look, that's the other thing. People think there's like absolute, you know, like. I remember in Bible school, like there were certain, you know, things that somebody would say pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, women preachers, you know, some real hot button issues in the, in the word of God and in the, in the church community that we don't discuss often. And then there's absolutes. Like, I don't think any real Christian could be pro-choice. I just don't, how can you support the death of a murder of a baby? I just, I'm sorry. I think that there's something wrong, but then there's certain things like pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. Like, I don't think you're going to go to hell if you're if you're mid-trib in your theology and then you happen to be wrong like you know the bible says no one knows the day nor the hour so so there's there's areas that we can debate and then there's areas that are absolute and that's why we say if we just focus on the 98 percent things that are absolute you know instead of the three percent or two percent that we disagree on there'll be a lot more unity but i i really am grieved to see the friendly fire uh, as they call it and all this infighting and i think that's what the devil wants he wants division within the body like i said that you're gonna there's gonna be division with the world because the Bible says, like, you know, you don't be unequally yoked, like come out from among them. So, yeah, what place does light have with darkness? So obviously we're not going to be able to yoke with the world. But in the Christian world, those who sow, you know, division, the discord, that's against the scripture. In fact, the Bible warns about those people and the wolves in sheep's clothing and those that are supposed to be Christian that are proclaiming to be Christian, but are, are going everywhere. And I call them heresy hunters, where they're just looking to accuse. I mean, it's like every time they come out, they're talking about this one and that one. Just focus on your mission, dude. You know, just you don't have to be every single day like exposing the next person. Let God, God will expose. Trust me, he does a very good job of that. And that's why you don't often hear me like naming names. I'll very seldom, even when somebody attacks me. It's very seldom that I'll respond because it's just like, it's not my job. You know what? Look, I'm going to be here in 10 years. You, you check it out. You know, just if, if you're not sure about me now, just continue to wait because just like I've been here the last 20 years, I'll be here the next 10 years. I'll be the next 20 years until God comes or if he takes me home. So, you know, and, and that's why I say test the spirits. But, you know, if somebody thinks, I'm, you know, Todd's a fraud, Todd's this, you know, that's fine. Like you think what you want. You have every right to think that way. But I, I had an encounter with God, so I'm going to continue to walk this thing out, whether you think I'm fake or not, 
because that's my job. Like, I'm going to do that because I had an encounter with the living God and I can't deny it. Yet, does that mean I'm perfect? No. So I hope this ministering to somebody out there because it's not about me. This is about all of us. In Psalm 34, 5 through uh, 5 and 8, it says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from my fears. Thank you, Jesus. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall be uh, shall never be ashamed. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man that takes refuge in him. It's kind of like Psalm 91. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. You know, we're, we're finding our refuge in him. It's not in the things of this world. And when people do attack and when they do come against you and when they do all kinds of crazy wild stuff, we just bless them and pray for them because we know in the end the Lord is our defense and we shall not be moved. We stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. You know, I was talking on the call last night and I said something I think surprised some people. But, you know, look, I, I've talked to Mike Lindell. I've talked to, I mean, he's been on my show. I mean, I've seen him many times. I've talked to some of these guys, General Flynn, great man. I like these people. You know, Lynn Wood, I met him. You know, I don't know him, but I met him. Um, you know, I mean, just about every person in modern Christendom, there's been some point somewhere, sometime where I've spent time with them or I've been at the same place with them because I've been, I've been around for a while. You know, I'm not, again, I'm not bragging, but, you know, I've been around for a while and I've met a lot of these people. You know, Marcus Lamb, I met him, you know, may he rest in peace and, and I believe he's with the Lord. And there, by the way, Marcus Lamb, we'll get into that in a second here before we go. Uh, but, but, you know, regardless of all those things, I'm not, I'm, it's not my job to sit here and like point out this one said that, that one said this. Now, if it's complete heresy, I'll break it down. Like I've been disappointed in T.D. Jakes and some of the things he's been saying. Uh, I was disappointed. I love Franklin Graham, but I was disappointed with Franklin Graham with the thing with the vaccines. I'll be honest. And so I'll, I'll share about things like that. But I'm not going to be a, a, a person that's just attacking these other ministries because I just feel like God is the one that will do that. And so these people that attack me, it's just like, God bless you. I'm going to be praying for you. But, you know, I'm going to continue doing the job that, you know, we're doing. Our refuge is in Jesus Christ. He is our strength. And that, that, that goes the same for you, a family member, a friend, a spouse, somebody, you know, a sudden divorce situations and you just feel alone and the church wants to make you feel like you're the worst person in the world. People are attacking you. They start, you know, they stop being your friend, you know, because there's a scandal. Oh my gosh, scandal. No, that's when the church should be running towards you and trying to help you. And if you're willing to be restored, it doesn't matter what you've done. That's what the church is about. We're not, we don't run from scandals. How stupid. Now, of course, we, we don't just keep people in the pulpit if they, if they fell. You know, there's got to be a season of restoration. But I'm saying, like, we got to stop eating our wounded. We got to stop, you know, kicking people when they're down. And I'm so sorry if somebody's done that with you because you had a divorce. My goodness. I mean, really? In 2021, that's what they're worried about? Because you had a divorce? Get over it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Get over it, people. It, does the Lord love marriage? Yes. And with Marcus Lamb, you know, he was the founder, the co-founder of Daystar. And all these people writing on my thing yesterday on social media. Well, do you know he was involved in child sex trafficking? Do you know he was, he did, well, how do you know? Because one person on social media is claiming that? Who is that person that you're listening to? I mean, have you done a background check on them? Do you know who that, maybe that person's a deep state. I don't know. And I'm not discounting. Like, I know there's real people that are doing child sex trafficking. I'm listening. I'm I'm in this fight, okay? And there's going to be people, like I think Greg Locke said it yesterday, there are going to be people that are going to be exposed. And you better believe some of your favorite people are probably going to be exposed. I mean, look, I think 2022 is a year of exposure. So I'm not against exposure. I'm not against that woman if she's out there outing certain people. But, you know, I need to have a little bit more evidence before I just assume that this person did these things. I don't know that. I haven't seen the evidence that Marcus Lamb did that. Maybe he did. But my goodness, the guy just passed away. Can you have a little respect for him and his family? Instead of putting that on my timeline, I mean, look, again, I'm not saying that it, it, maybe there is truth. I mean, if you show me some evidence, we'll report on it because we're truth seekers. But my gosh, people, there's a lot of people saying a lot of things. And we got to test the spirits and we got to be careful. That's all I'm saying. Show me the receipts. Show me the evidence. Show me the proof. And some things are accusations and some things are, are true. And if they're true, then you know what? It's going to come out. And if it's an accusation, it's going to fall to the ground. So uh, I just, you know, I'm not mad about it. And like, I'm not trying to attack that woman. I know there's uh, several people, but there's one specific woman that's saying a lot of things about a lot of pastors and a lot of stuff like that. Look, you know what? I, I believe that something happened with that woman. I'm not saying that, 
you know, I believe that something happened because she probably's not out there, you know, saying all these things for no reason. And, and you know, she's welcome to come on the show and talk about it. We'd, we'd love to have her. I'm not against her, especially if she's a truth teller. But I'm just saying, like, I need a little bit more evidence, okay? I can't just, you know, assume that all these prominent people, because that would sure sound like something that the devil would want, too, would be to accuse, right? So I just need a little more evidence. That's all I'm saying, okay? And, and that'll be the end of that. And the thing with Lynn Wood and, and Mike Lindell and, and, and General Flynn, it's really, you know, General Flynn and, and, and Lynn Wood, and it's more from Lynn Wood. People keep asking me about it. Look, I don't know. Like, I, I, I've heard some of the arguments. I've seen some of the posts. But I'm staying out of the weeds. The bottom line is we have a battle of light versus darkness in our nation that's happening right now. And we need to stay focused and we need to stay, keep our eyes on the prize. And so I'm just not going to get caught up in the weeds. And that's the same thing, again, for that woman that's out there saying things about different pastors. Look, I, I respect you. I'm not here to attack you, okay? I Look, I'm a truth teller. So if you're if you, what you're saying is real, then I would love to have you on the show and let's talk about it. But I'm also going to ask questions like, where, where are you getting this information? Okay, you say this happened to you. Well, do you have any proof? Because it's just they're big accusations. You see what I'm saying? And so this is, like I always say, this is for the long-term relationship. I'm not in this for the short-term relationship. This is, I'm in it for the long-term. And for the long-term relationship, I want to make sure we're credible and that we're not just buying into everything that every single person online is saying. I need to know who that person is. What's their background? Where did they come from? Did anybody vet them? Because, you know, you can go back with me for years and find my mentors and, and the elders and the people that have raised up Todd Coconut Ministries and the people that I'm accountable to. And we, we do that for a reason because we want to be transparent and we want to have accountability. And that way, if we are attacked, people know there's people that are walking this thing out with us and we're not alone. And so it's not just we're not just some uh, rogue person that's out here saying things. You see what I'm saying? So anyways, important, important stuff. There's always so much to talk about every single day, right? I mean, there's always so much to talk about. Um, so I did tell you at the, the last 10 minutes of the show, I want to get into uh, the situation about people that are dealt with divorce and marriage. And I wrote an article on it and, oh boy, it ruffled some feathers. <laughs> it ruffled some feathers. People say, like, well, Pastor Todd, you got to be standing for marriage. I, of course I stand for marriage. Of course I do. Uh, but, but I really want to get into this one because I think a lot of people were surprised, but it's actually biblical. And so for the last 10 minutes, we're going to talk about this. So the, the article is entitled Christians, Marriage, Divorce, Love, and Soulmates. It's on remnant.news, remnant.news. And here's, here's what it says. It says, it's true that each person has a soulmate. What a wonderful concept, right? A person who was made for you by God himself. Wow. Many people would love to find this. Others may have it, but they may take it for granted. While the concept is real, and there are definitely people who do find their, what I call their soulmate in life, the sad truth is the majority of people don't, and there are many reasons why this is the case. Uh, you know, we're going to seek to examine here in the next couple minutes why it's so hard for even Christians to find their perfect match, and why many marriages, even amongst God's greatest warriors, end up in divorce. Also, we look at instances of powerful people of God that God greatly used who also dealt with these issues and challenges in their own life, yet they still pressed ahead in victory regardless. Now, uh, there are many modern day as well as biblical references as to what we would consider a power couple or a soulmate type scenario. Isn't it powerful when you see two people who work well together, flourishing and about the work in the business of God who are operating their optimal calling? Many watch and marvel when they see this because it's somewhat rare, especially today. Others watch and secretly wish that they too had this in their own situation. But shame keeps many people silent or locked into very bad situations when it comes to the reality of their own marriage. Marriage is a two-way street, and yet oftentimes one person can be on fire for God while the other lacks any desire whatsoever to go deeper in the Lord. It's that doubt and apathy that often opens the door to other areas of sin, which later can really affect the marriage bond. You guys know what I mean. Uh, before we go any further, though, I just want you to know, because I know there's going to be some heresy hunters on here, and they're not going to like the term soulmate. So let me just define what soulmate means, okay? A soulmate, at least in this capacity and what I'm talking about today, is, a, is simply a perfect match. It's made by God, two people that get married. In other words, God's perfect choice for you is your soulmate. That's what I mean here. Uh, I believe there are situations uh, when, when people settle, and uh, that's what I call God's permissible will, which God can still use greatly 
And there is also God's perfect will, which is a much better scenario. So if possible, it's better to find the situation of God's perfect will for your life, even if that means waiting a long time. Now, of course, if you're already married, that's that. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're stuck because there are different things that we're going to talk about in a few minutes here. But God's permissible will works best when both vessels are willing to turn over their desires to God and seek his blessing and his favor over the marriage. One might say that it can go from a permissible will situation to a perfect will scenario if the two are willing to completely surrender to God and let him do his best work. Because marriage is a very important bond and therefore should be something we all take seriously. Uh, Many times and for multiple reasons, Christians feel pressured to settle down fast, thus stepping into the permissible will category instead of waiting on the Lord. This is often because many in leadership, you know, people over them, are, are worried that they may fall or have sex outside of marriage, so they feel the need to pressure them into quickly finding a mate. This also seems to be a cultural acceptance, something that happens when people get married, like you're accepted now. Even though in the Christian world, um, you know, they shouldn't do that because I'm going to give an example in a minute, uh, but they tend to act biased against singles. I see it all the time. It's unfair. It should not be. Yet it's been the case for as long as I can personally remember. The Apostle Paul was single. Jesus was single. And you would think that singles would actually be admired and looked up upon. Even as Paul says this, he says, so I say to you who aren't married and who are widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. (laughs) That's in 1 Corinthians 7, 8. He literally says it's better to stay single, but most people do desire to be married, and that's good, which is also a great blessing so that they can settle down, they can have a family, they can become one before the Lord. And don't get me wrong, God loves marriage and uses it for his glory. He also says be fruitful and multiply, and this can only really happen legally according to the word of God when somebody's married, except for, of course, when Jesus was born. Uh, The church is the bride of Christ. We got to know that, and God designed it that way. And we're made in the likeness and the image of God. And the coming marriage supper of the Lamb, you know, where the church and Christ are wed, will arguably arguably be one of the most powerful and significant events in all history. Thus, the marriage is very important to God. All marriages. Now, matters of the heart are challenging. That's because, uh, you know, when we try to suppress a feeling, it's not always something that we can have the strength to do. We must follow what the Bible says. Okay, die to our flesh daily and always look at the situation with sobriety and through the Lord's eyes. If you find yourself in a bad situation, wait. Call upon the name of the Lord and ask him for a solution. God never runs out of answers. Timing is also key. While the modern church shuns divorce, the Bible actually gives several instances where divorce is completely acceptable. You won't hear many talking about this, though, but this is the truth according to the word of God. The key is to remain upright and in the will of God no matter what's happening around you. We can ultimately only be responsible for our own actions and not others' actions. Sometimes we need to separate from a toxic or violent situation. That's okay to do. Also, if somebody has cheated on you, you don't have to stay with them. But you can choose to forgive if you feel the Lord leading that way and you can stay with them. Here are some examples of when it's okay to get divorced. The Greek word translated marital unfaithfulness is a word which can literally be any form of sexual immorality. It can mean fornication, prostitution, Sexual abuse, adultery, I think heavy pornography in some cases. Jesus is basically saying here that divorce is permissible if sexual immorality is committed. Sexual relations are an integral part of the marriage. The two become one flesh. Therefore, any breaking of that bond by sexual relations outside of the marriage would be a permissible reason for divorce. Jesus also has remarriage in the mind in this passage. The phrase, and marries another in Matthew 19, 9, indicates that divorce and remarriage are allowed. Some understand, at least in that case, you know, that 1 Corinthians 7, 15 as another exception, allowing remarriage if an unbelieving spouse divorces or leaves an unbeliever, uh, a believer, excuse me. Others claim that abuse, spousal, child abuse, mental abuse is a valid reason for divorce, even though it's not clearly depicted in the Bible. I believe personally that no human should have to endure physical or constant mental abuse. This decision, however, should not be taken lightly. And it's something we need to pray about before moving forward with a divorce. In all cases, I think that's the case. I knew someone that stayed in marriage even after sin was committed because they were concerned about how the church body would respond. Many years later, they regretted staying in the marriage. Yeah, that's true. And it never improved. And this person had to endure abuse over 40 years and is still in the marriage today. 
Most people who are in your life right now will not be in just five years from now. Only on the average 20% of people you are dealing with right now will be around at the same capacity in just five years. (laughs) And uh, the 20% who will be are usually the same people that will be your friends no matter what. So you, you have to do what you have to do. Not what's best for the people who are not in your situation. The main thing is to do what's right before God. Love is powerful. God even says that he is love. Real and true love comes from the Father. Real love is available. God instructs husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church. That's beautiful. and should be the goal of every husband to love his wife that way. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. We can't discount the importance and the sanctity of marriage. King David was known as a man after God's heart, yet he had several wives. Many would say that David, you know, found his soulmate in Bathsheba, yet their love story was very imperfect. David was, David was already married when he first set gaze on Bathsheba, by the way. So was she. And David did follow biblical protocol. No, sorry, he did not follow biblical protocol. Let's make that straight. David did not follow biblical protocol, and he committed two very egregious sins. First, he committed adultery with Bathsheba, and second, he uh, ordered the murder of her husband, Uriah. This was not right because of these sins. God allowed several consequences to hit the house of David. Yet even with these sins and the consequences thereof, God still eventually greatly blessed their marriage. Not only did God bless their imperfect situation, but he also allowed their lineage to be very, um, you know, the very bloodline in which Jesus himself would eventually come from. So this shows that God allows restoration even after sin has taken place. Now, David did repent, and that's probably the key as to why God was able to still bless his life despite his previous transgressions. David did not get a free pass, by the way. He paid a price for his sins, just like everyone else. But God has grace and mercy, and he did get another chance and was still highly favored of God. Amy Simple McPherson, who was a powerful female evangelist from the early 1900s and the founder of the International Foursquare Gospel Church denomination in 1924, also got a divorce. Yeah. And while it was painful to walk through, she continued to be a revered and anointed woman of God. That was a huge influence in the modern charismatic movement. I mean, many say she was touched by the Holy Spirit during the Azusa revival. And that was a major major, um, catalyst into what spawned her founding one of the largest Pentecostal denominations in the world, even today. Uh, Catherine Coleman, one of the most renowned revivalists in modern history, as far as I'm concerned, uh, said this regarding her marriage and subsequent divorce in a 1952 interview with the Denver Post. Uh, He charged correctly that I refused to live with him, and I haven't seen him for eight years. She was divorced by a man named Burroughs Waltrip in 1948, but Catherine Coleman remained used by God until the day she was taken home to be with the Lord in 1976, and she said to be one of the most powerful people in the Christian world in the 20th century. Pastor Paula White, I know some of you guys don't like her, and that's okay. Um, the pastor of President Donald Trump, she married three times. Her first marriage was as a teenager. Her second marriage was to a man named Randy White. And her third marriage and her current marriage is Jonathan King. And Pastor Paula has been open about her journey, past brokenness. And some say she's used by the Lord. Uh, She's advised the 45th president of the United States on spiritual matters and heads his faith advisory board even till today. And it just shows that God is a God of first, second, and third chances. And again, yes, we know some may not like Pastor Paula. Another example that some probably won't like, President Donald Trump. It's important to note he also has been married three times and remains married to his third wife and former first lady Melania Trump, despite his imperfections. Um, God used him in many ways while president is still using him today. And no, we're not using President Trump as an example of Christian leaders. So for the heresy hunters out there, the bottom line is no human being is perfect, period. You'll be surprised how many amazing and influential people have checkered past, including myself. Often God uses the most painful trials to shape and mold his people, his desires for us in order for us to walk out our calling. God is able to restore and fix the messes we make. The key is always repentance. I can go on and on, but just wanted to show a few examples of how God often uses brokenness and the broken road to get his children to their destination. No one is perfect, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you're single, take the time to really get to know the person you're looking to marry. Make sure they're sincere in their faith. Take time to watch them in multiple life situations. Whatever you do, do not rush 
Well, sometimes it may all work out if you do. If a person is truly God's choice for you, they'll wait. People can get, you know, they can put all kinds of good fronts on. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it's important to really get to know them and see who they are first. Now, if you're divorced, first make sure you forgive yourself. God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. You have not done. You're not finished. Your life is not over. Press ahead and learn from past mistakes. Don't let people's negative words haunt you. Look up and look ahead. Just about everybody has been through a bad relationship at some point. You are not judged, nor are you condemned as long as your heart is right. I believe you will see a victory as you stay strong and move forward in your calling. If you're in a good marriage, do not take it for granted. Praise God for your situation. God's blessed you. Don't ever give up, single, on finding your soulmate. No matter how you've got to where you are today, God has a powerful plan for your life. This is a great country song. It talks about the broken road. You ever heard that one? God bless the broken road. It's amazing. It's true. We're all on our own path and our own journey. God is a good God. People will always try to get involved in your situation. Yes, they will. Some very well-meaning. Yet we are the ones that have to live with our spouses each and every day. Not them. It's easy for people to put pressure on you from the outside, but only God knows what you truly need. I've always been a hopeless romantic at heart. That's true. I've always believed that everyone has a soulmate. When you find that person, you just can't get rid of the feeling. I believe you'll just know. And you do everything you can to show them your heart. Yet remember, if it's God's perfect will, it'll happen. Don't ever try to get ahead of God. Prayer is the key. Be faithful and ask God to order your steps. He'll do just that. He's the author and the finisher of your story. The biggest advice I can give is do not settle. It doesn't matter how much people pressure you. You need to make sure it's not God's permissible will, but it's God's perfect will. This will be the best possible situation for your life. In the hour we are in, God truly rewards faithfulness. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't look for man's approval. This is a very personal decision. While elders and mentors are key, this is your choice. When everyone else goes home, you are the one that has to live with your spouse. Try your best to marry your best friend. I just wanted to give that peace to those. I know so many of you are ostracized and attacked. You're either divorced or single. And, you know, people just have a lot of things to say and they try to control. And so I just wanted to give you that encouragement today. God has a big plan for your life. He's not done. In fact, I think the best is yet to come. Stay focused on what he's calling you to do. Be ye holy, for I am holy, says the Lord. This is the Todd Coconato Show. It is December 2021. I love you guys. I bless you. We'll be back tomorrow in Jesus' name. God bless. God bless.